Okay, so today we're hitting our last message in our series of the prophetic. And what we're talking about today is something I didn't plan on talking about. I was praying and I really wanted to kind of shift into like this kind of prayer and uh, intercessory type thing about learning and being equipped to pray. And Lord put something in my spirit and just interrupted my plan. You know, anyone's plan doesn't ever get interrupted. You know, you want to do something and God says, nope, you're doing this. That's kind of how this was. I'm like, I don't want to talk about that, God. I don't want to talk about this. It's like, well, this is what we're doing. And uh, said, so, okay, so I went with it. And so I really felt that it's important right now in this hour to recognize what is a false prophet voice. Mm. You know, right now, and with social media and YouTube, it's, there's never been a time like today where there is the voice of others out there. And we have to learn to discern what is God's voice and what is the voice of the enemy. Right. You know, prophets, they are a lot like Robert's glasses there. They, they're lenses. They bring a lens to your life. And they change the way you see. And sometimes they change the shade that you're looking through. You know, mm-hmm. Robert, if he goes out and he puts on his glasses, he's going to see everything in a dark tent. Yes. Right? That's what prophets do, is they put a shade on you. Now, there are good ways and bad ways. So good prophets, you know, the Bible says that they equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I mean, they're going to equip you so that you see people and not regarded to the flesh, but you see them as God has designed them to be. Amen. And you see them in a manner that you call them up out of where they are into who they're called to be. So it's a healthy shade. But likewise, a false prophet puts a shade on you that you see things differently. You know, if you can perceive things that aren't there, you can perceive things. And, and have you ever, I mean, I think right now you can really see if you ever post on Facebook about a political thing, it takes two seconds for someone to be offended. Why, why is it so easy? Because there are, there are some people that are wearing shades right now. And those shades come from, uh, from prophetic voices. Some of them are good voices. Some of them are bad voices. Let's go to the book of John chapter 10. Um, This gets explained out really, really well for us. Um, John chapter 10, verse 1. Knowing the voice of our Father. Verse 1 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, is a thief and robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own by name and leads them out. This is a cool promise from the Father, is his sheep hear his voice. Now, we have a little uh, mini golden doodle that lives here. And uh, he's about this big. He's a little fancy dog that he's just a, a ball of fur. You know, he's completely useless. You know, it, but, uh, but what he does, basically, you know, when he, we open the front door... He bolts out of this house. He's horribly unbehaved about when the doors open, he bolts. He doesn't go trot. He runs as fast as he can, as far away from here as possible. You know, and I'm like, what is going on with this dog? And we can't teach him. He's supposed to be a smart dog. He's kind of an expensive dog. And we're like, why doesn't this dog obey? Like, what's going on? And I can chase him and he'll just keep running. But Kayla can call out for this dog. Her name's Millie. Kayla can call for Millie, and she'll hear his voice. She'll perk up. 
she recognizes the voice of her master. Mm. And it's like that with us too. Sometimes we get where we're running in life and we're doing our own thing, but the Bible says that we know the voice of our shepherd, that God speaks to us. And it should cause that thing, oh, that's, that's the Lord. It's kind of how this, this message was. I didn't want to talk about it. And there was, Lord said, you need to hit that false prophet thing before we're done. You know, and I just, oh, and I just, you, you can't shake it. You know, you know when you've heard God. A lot of times we say, I don't know if it's God, but truth is, we know our shepherd's voice. It speaks down in our spirit. It's not heady. It's not a mind thought. It's, it's God. It feels good. It feels right. There's, how many know truth has a ring to it? When someone speaks truth, it, it resounds in you. You say, yes. Romans 8 talks about how the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're sons of God. Why? Because it, your inner spirit bears witness that you're born again. It knows that it's the truth. No one can talk you out of it. I know, no one could tell me that I'm not born again. Like, I know I, I have a new life in God. Right. Likewise, you know when the voice of God speaks to you. Verse 4, uh, John 10, verse 4. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. And so this is a big deal when we're dealing with, uh, with the false prophetic voice is a false prophetic voice does not call you to go after God. It calls you to go after people. Amen. It's not interested in getting you to connect to God. It's only interested in getting you connected to them. And so that it says that when he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him, our good shepherd, because they know his voice. A true prophet, a true prophetic voice that is out there will always connect you to God. They will never stand and be the medium. They won't ever stand and be, I'm, the, I'm your connection. They don't ever do that. It's to connect, they facilitate your connection with God. That's the, that's the equipping. Verse 5, a stranger they simply will not follow but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. And so this is a good confession uh, that we can just say over ourselves. So maybe just put your hand on, on yourself real quick. I'll let you say this together. Say, I know the voice of my Father. I know the voice of my Father. And I simply do not follow the voice of the stranger. And I simply do not follow the voice of the stranger. You know, that's a powerful confession to make. I don't listen to strange voices. Man, I, I think that's what, what, the, what the difficulty is because social media is so dominant on our phones the third of the voice of strangers is accessible right. and that little motion right there the flicking anybody know what I'm talking about that flick and that flicking you know you're op- it's an open door and I, yesterday I, you know I go through seasons where I'll I'll have Facebook or Instagram or something on my phone and I'm like you know what I just need to delete it off my phone for a while because I'm like attached to this thing you can feel like I'm I've got an unhealthy attachment. Like I'm checking, you know, I made a post. Oh, cool, I've got some likes, and you kind of want to, kind of want to check this thing on a regular basis. It becomes kind of, you know, what, what idolatry is. It's when something else gives you power other than God. Amen. You know, when you go to Facebook, and that becomes your source of affirmation, that becomes your source of empowerment or your source of confidence. You're actually creating an idol. And, you know, God, nowhere in the scripture does it talk about God coming in and tearing down our idols. It's always us. We have a responsibility to tear down our own idols. He doesn't tear them down for us. 
And so once in a while, I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm getting too much power from this. I'm, I'm, this is feeding me in an unhealthy way. And so I just will get rid of it for a while. So we got to watch out for the voice uh, of the stranger. Now, uh, there's a warning Jesus gives about false prophets in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. It says, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but are inwardly are, are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from, the, from, thorn, uh, from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every tree bears good fruit, but bad trees bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not um, uh, bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Now, in the Bible, when we talk about fruitfulness, we're talking about discipleship. You're talking about offspring. You know, so you know a prophet, whether they're true or false, by their offspring. What is bearing out of their life? You know, one of the ways you can tell if a voice is of God or not is to look at their followers and see who, how do they respond to their voice. Not the prophet. Look at the people who are hearing. You know what? I started seeing a lot of terroristic activities start happening and on the news and stuff like that. I'm like, wow. I was looking at different movements and I was saying, man, there are some unhealthy things that are coming out of some of these movements. And there are false voices that stir up people and cause violence and cause pain and grief and destruction of businesses. That's a false voice. Because you can see it in the fruit. Because the Bible says in John 10, 10, Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy, but God came to give life and life more abundantly. So when you see people start steal, killing, and destroying, you've got to be, ah, they're hearing, their ears are open to a bad voice. Or they're, they're listening to something, and it's given them a lens that they now see out of differently. And they live life with that lens now. And it causes destruction. It causes pain. It co- you can see it's so evident. And so, discerning good prophets, bad prophets, you look at their fruit. Um, what makes a, fa- a prophet uh, false? You know, there are some practical things. Um, I know this is, this is a little more obvious, but there are those who carry a spirit of divination. You know, a spirit of divination can be like a palm reader, a, fol- a fortune teller, um, a tarot card reading. That kind of stuff. These are open doors. They're real open doors, and they're real false prophets. It's a real spirit. It's not a spirit from God. It's a spirit from from the enemy. But it's a real spirit that does prophesy and does call out things, and it may even be accurate things. But the power that it's coming from didn't originate from God. So a spirit of divination. Um, um, uh, You know, it's it's interesting when, when... People go to tarot card readers and stuff like that. Often they may get a right word, but it's the wrong spirit. Right. And so sometimes, you know, we, we can hear that even in the media. You'll hear the right words, but the wrong spirit behind it. Yeah. Black Lives Matter is the right words, but there's a wrong spirit. Does that make sense? It's, there's something behind it. Because you see the shades come on people, and you see the fruit that comes out of it. Um, uh, a true prophetic word working in agreement with his written word, the Bible never brings harm or death um, uh, you know, words functioning through, through a psychic or a medium, they're, they're really partnering with the demonic realm and it's a very supernatural activity and I, I wish you could say that oh yeah, they're just 
hocus pocus and they're flukes, but no, they're not. They're, they're genuinely connecting with the demonic realm and they're genuinely communica communicating something that's demonic. And when you submit yourself to them, to their voice, you open the door to the enemy. Romans 6 says, you're slaves to, whom the, to the one you obey. Man, that means it matters who you submit yourself to. You open yourself up to that. That could be, maybe we're talking about an extreme, like, like going to see a psychic or going to see a fortune teller. Probably no one here is doing that. I mean, if you're doing that, let's talk and stop doing that, please. You know, um, uh, but it, hopefully you're not doing that, you know, because that's a little more obvious, right? Yes. But how many times do we open ourselves up to a demonic voice and just take it in? And it's poison, man. It brings shades to your life. Man, sometimes I'm flicking through the news and I'm looking at, you know, Fox or CNN or, or something out there. And there are voices on both sides of the aisle that bring shades that aren't always good. And so we have to learn to discern that. But false prophets today, yeah, they, it can be in a church. Yeah, it can be in a psychic. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, a psychic, you go see a fortune teller. But a lot of it is in the media. There's a lot of false prophets in, in the media. And that's, those are mediums that, uh, that the enemy uses to put a lens on people. And so, um, Romans chapter 11, verse 29, the other type of false prophet, um, aside from those who have a spirit of divination, are those who have a genuine call from God to be a prophet on their life. A genuine call from God, either they received at birth or sometime at an encounter with God, that God called them into the office of a prophet and they chose to walk away from God. Romans 11, verse 29 says, For the gifts and his call are irrevocable. Now that means is God doesn't change his mind. When God calls you, he says that he doesn't regret it. He says, I've called you to be a prophet. I've called you to be a prophet. You know, Jeremiah said, I've called you as a prophet Amen. to the nations. Amen. Then he has a choice. Do you want to walk in that call or not? And so stepping into that really makes a difference. But there are those who never step in or those who walk in it for a season and then walk away from God. But the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. In the Amplified, it says, He never withdraws them once they are given. He's talking about those gifts. And He does not change His mind about those to whom He gives His grace or to whom He sends His call. And so the people stay in their gift, but they get their anointing from a different spirit. Amen. And so, you know, if you aren't really talking about gifts and anointing right now, but I mean, it's one thing to minister in a gift, and it's another thing to minister in the anointing. I have a high need for the anointing. You know, like, I, I can minister in a gift. Like, I can physically play the guitar, and I can physically yell out some songs, but I need the anointing for it to be effective. And I need the enablement of the Holy Spirit to come and bring life to the church. I, I've, I, I have an ear for music, and I know what booming, glorious uh, worship leader voices sound like, and I know what my voice sounds like. I'm like, God, I need your anointing, because if I do what I have, it's just not going to work. And so I'm highly dependent on it. Like, God, I need your anointing. And, uh, you know, that, that makes a difference. So the people who are, step into false prophets, they keep the gift. They can still play the guitar, so to speak. But their anointing comes from a different realm. And it comes from a different spirit. And so um, some characteristics uh, of false prophets. Um, false prophets appear to be good, like sheep, but they're really, really wolves on the inside. Um, in Matthew 7.22, it says, Have we not prophesied in your name, but he will say to them, I never knew you. And he calls them 
lawless. Lawless. Uh, let's, Matthew 7, verse 24. Uh, how does Jesus describe lawlessness? He likens it to two men building houses. He says, So everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them will be like a sensible man who built his house upon a rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had not been founded on the rock. Verse 26, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell. And great and complete was its fall. The, one, the ones that he considered to be lawless were people who heard the word of the Lord and did not do it. That, that makes a difference. You know, John chapter 8.31 um, uh, says, So Jesus was saying to those Jews who have believed in him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. So remember, the, the offspring, the disciples of prophets, is where you can really see whether it's a true prophet or not, the fruit they give off, the effect they have on people, the lens that they pull on people. And so what does Jesus say? He says, hey, you're lawless because you don't obey the words that I'm saying. He says, if you want to be a disciple of mine, you have to obey my words. And so true disciples and true prophets, they, they bear the fruit of Christ. They, they follow the words of Jesus. And they, that's truly being a disciple of the Lord. You know, uh, discipleship isn't that difficult. Like sometimes, I, I, we, you know, me and Gil like to research all these different programs that are out there and we look at different church playing strategies and stuff. But following God is reading, learning the commands of God, the commands of Jesus, and just obeying them. And as we obey His commands, that's really our key to discipleship. It doesn't have to be complicated. Um, and so, uh, you know, one of the things that, that you find in people who are false prophets or people who are fruit of false prophets, disciples, is that there's a high inability to teach them. They have, they're very, very difficult to instruct. They, they won't, won't accept instruction, won't, won't receive correction. You know, if you try to shepherd them, the Lord's my shepherd, you know, they, they eliminate you. And they kind of take that connection to God and make an extreme, you know. But, you know, you have to have, people have to have access to your heart. People have to be able to minister to you. But people who are false prophets, you know, you can't, you can't talk to them. You can talk to them, but there's no, you can't get, get hit home with them. I was talking with a guy on, uh, I was having a Facebook debate with someone. Anybody ever have a Facebook debate? I was having a Facebook debate, which is, I mean, if you ever see a Facebook debate, the threads are like this long, you know, because they're going at it this way, and then they're going at it that way. And I don't know what I was thinking, but. I saw this guy make a, a ridiculous mass comment, and so I kind of took back, and then he kind of took back, and then I kind of went this way, and then he kind of went that way, and it, like, it just kept escalating to this thing, and uh, I realized no matter what I would say to him, you, you couldn't get through, and I realized this man doesn't need a conversation. This man needs a revelation. Amen. He needs that lens that he's wearing. He needs the blinders lifted off. Right. He can't see it. I can tell him, I can tell him, but he's not, the blinders are still there. He's been equipped by false prophecy. I had a guy in, in Mexico I was talking to the other day, and we were talking about all kinds of political stuff, all the, all the hot buttons. We're talking about uh, stimulus checks, and we're talking about the wall, and we're talking about uh, uh, immigration. And, I mean, everything that people will bark about, we, we hit it all that one night. And, uh, and we were just sharing our perspectives and we were good friends but we had drastically different perspectives on things 
And I thought, a conversation is not what's needed here. It's a revelation. You know, the, the way to access revelation, to get someone out of deception, to get someone out of the, being under that umbrella is, the, is obedience to the commands of Jesus. Amen. And you have to obey. Usually people, you'll obey before you get the revelation. That's pretty standard. Jesus, you know, when Peter is standing in the boat, he says, Jesus, if it's you, bid me come. And then he stands on water. But how many know there's, a, there's something he got in that standing on the water that he didn't get in the boat? You know, revelation lifts when you step out in obedience to God. And so what I want to encourage you to do, and you, you have, we have family and friends that have different ways of thinking or that you can see that they're blinded by an agenda or they're blinded by certain ways of thinking. We can say, let me invite you into the commands of Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 10, 11, that those who trust the Lord will not be disappointed. Amen. If you will take one step out on God, I promise you, you won't be disappointed. You're inviting them into a faith walk. And that faith walk is a direct attack against the work of the enemy in their life. Mm-hmm. When they say, okay, I'll step out on this. I'll come with you to church. Or, yeah, I'm willing to pray for this. Or, Those little steps of faith get the blinders off people. And so let's take this a step further. It's one thing for us to learn to shut off the voice of prophets ourselves. But it's another thing to reach into those who are deceived and say, I'm getting you out. Sometimes it's praying for them ahead of time and saying, God, this is my, this is my friend. God, I pray you lift the blinders. Lift the blinders, Father. I cover them in prayer, God. I know this is the way they think. But you go to battle with them. Go to battle with God about that person. Talk to God about them before you talk to them about God. Amen. Go do business with God so when you go to them, God is already, he's working. He's working on them. And then when you say, hey, if you'll just step out on this, all it takes is that little mustard seed of faith, and they start to have revelation of Christ, and the blinders start to come off. So this is getting people out of deception. Um, false prophets have their belief systems founded in very few scriptures and usually they're out of context mm-hmm. they're pet scriptures usually the scripture taken and twisted it's what happens and they'll take something and over exaggerate the scripture or take it way way out of its divine context and say oh this is a word from the Lord it's a rhema word or something and just completely blow it up it, they don't take the full counsel of God that's a, that's, a, that's a clear sign. Uh, false prophets usually have power, you know, a genuine power, which is a demonic one, <laughs> you know. And uh, so that's, that's not unusual. Um, and, of course, their goal with their power and the influence is not to lead people to Christ. Their, their goal with their power and influence is to lead people to themselves because there's a deep need to be affirmed. Mm. There's a deep need to be the one. Recognized. Jesus said, woe to you Pharisees who love to stand in the high places for, for prayer, who love to be seen. No, it's, 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 there's a realm of hypocrisy involved there. Um, Matthew chapter 24, verse 23 says, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders. It's very clear. They will, you'll see power moving through their lives. If it, and uh, so as to mislead if possible, even the elect. And so uh, they, they use their gifts to, to sway, to turn people away. Um, it's important for us to have a discerning of spirits. Um, 1 John chapter 4, 
uh, verse 1. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. You know what he's saying? Is there were people among us who left us. So the warning here isn't just to watch out for false prophets. He's saying don't become one. <laughs> don't leave here. Don't leave the fellowship and over an offense. And then you take a, a scripture to affirm your offense and then live that way. That's what, that's what happens with, with, with false prophets, you know, especially when, when they have a genuine call with God, is something derailed them. Something knocked, knocked them off their pathway with God, and they got offended about something. And, you know, they'll find a scripture somewhere, and now they have reason to stay there. <laughs> and it becomes a stronghold in their life. Um, verse 2, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come uh, in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard that is coming, and now is already in the world. The spirit that didn't come from God, he says, it's the spirit of the Antichrist. The Antichrist is anti-anointing. And so we know in Psalm 133, it talks about how the oil comes on the head and flows down the beard and down into the hem of the garment, right? Psalm 133, 1-3. You know, we know the anointing is, is about alignment and flow. But when the Antichrist spirit, the goal of the Antichrist spirit is to get people out of the anointing. It's to get people out of alignment, to mislead, to get them out of joint. You know, to be a member of the body of Christ, but then be out of joint with the body of Christ. That is, you know, that's the goal of the enemy. He wants to get people away from the flow of life. He wants to get you disconnected. It's one of the worst things that, that can happen to, to believers is they just get disconnected. That was a, a big problem with, with COVID this year, uh, especially with, with, with larger congregations. Disconnect, disconnect. Well, I'll connect with Zoom. So, well, that's, that's okay. But, I mean, there's still something about the body assembling that we need for our own heart that's healthy for us. And Satan, he wants to disconnect people. And maybe they feel connected or maybe they feel still like family, but... When you disconnect with the body, you disconnect from the anointing. Amen. The anointing is the power of God to come in and change, change our lives and change our family. That anointing is there for, it's the flow of life in our own home. And I think probably about an, a month or two into COVID, people began to feel it. And they're like, man, I'm just so dry. I'm just so tired of this. I'm just, and they just, the endurance is gone. People start getting hopeless. People start, yeah. You know, eventually, when, when you, if you, if your church is always on a screen and you're not happy with what's on the screen, you just change. And it takes the seeker-friendly church thing to a whole new level because now, I, if I don't like what the Lord told my leader, I'm just going to pick another one. And you're disconnected and you're floating. So that's what the enemy wants. He wants to get us disconnected. Uh, it says, you are, you are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and he who knows God listens to us, and he who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So uh, let's talk about some tests of a, of a true prophet. What do real prophets look like? 
Um, true prophets believe in the, redip- in the redemptive work of the Son of God. And so, in 1 John it says, do, do they believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh? What that is saying is, do they believe that God sent His Son? That God came. And if they believe that, they believe that Jesus came, they're saying they believe in the gospel. You know, when, when people don't acknowledge the gospel, it's, uh, it, it really it opens the door to a lot of things. You don't believe that God's good. You don't believe that, that God came to save you. You don't believe that God came to win you. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. True prophets uh, listen and don't believe that God tells them everything. The Bible says that prophets know in part and they see in part. True prophets have a need for the body of Christ. True prophets will get with other prophets and say, hey, this is what I think. What do you think? And there's humility. The offspring of prophets, the, uh, of true prophets and their disciples is when, you know, me and Kara come together and say, this is, this is what I feel like God's showing me. What's God showing you? And there's a submissiveness one to another. And we as the body, we begin to edify and we teach one another. That humility of heart is a sign of being under a right type of Prophets, true prophets aren't hyper spiritual. You know, a lot of times uh, false prophets can get way whack in their in their spirituality. And God told them when to get up this morning, and told them what shirt to wear, and what told them told them what belt to wear, and what color socks to wear, and uh, you know if they should brush their teeth with toothpaste today. And, and like they're just like every like way 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 out there. And you know it gets so hyper spiritual that. What it, what it does is it does what we said before. It disconnects them from the body. Even if you sit with them and you try to relate with them, you can't relate with them anymore because they're so in the clouds. You know, uh, Kenneth Hagin talked about it being so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. You know, you're so up here that it's not, you're, it's not, there's nothing applicable for you. Nothing real happening in your life. 1 John chapter 4 says, if, if, if someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Okay, so what that is saying is everything that we have in our relationship with God, it must be demonstrated with, with our relationships with people. If I have a passion for God, I should have a passion for people. If I have a passion for this presence of the anointing, I should be tender and kind in my relationships with people. If I receive mercy from God, then I should be merciful. If I receive grace from God, then you know what? I'm just going to be a little more graceful with people. This is such a key verse, and it keeps our heart right. Because when we receive more revelation, or we have access to tons of messages and and encouragement and all kinds of teaching. What keeps us from becoming religious is we ha- we get to walk it out with people. That's the that's the issue that that uh, if you're if you only have the online thing that you don't you don't walk out what you believe. Like you need to walk it out for the sake of your own heart. To walk out, man. I believe that Jesus can heal. Well, you know, if you believe that Jesus can heal and you don't practice it, you're actually stepping into a realm of religion, and you just become religious. Or if I believe in the gifts of prophecy, but I don't ever put myself in an environment to practice the gifts of prophecy, or put myself in a position where I can minister to the poor and speak words of prophecy to them, I just gain new knowledge. That's all. It's just it's just an updated religion. Yep. Updated Pharisees. You know, it's a, a modern day 2020 Pharisees. Is we have this new way of thinking, 
but we don't put it to practice. Come on. And so Jesus says, don't, you know, I mean, that first John says, you know, don't be a liar. Don't say you love God, but hate your brother. If you love God, walk it out in this life. Um, true prophets view correction as a blessing. 1 Corinthians 14, chapter 32, it says, For the spirits of the prophets are under the speaker's control. And Amplified says, uh, For the spirits of the prophets, the speakers of, in tongues, are under the, spirit, the speaker's control and subject to be in silence as necessary. It means prophets can, can, can be judged themselves. You know, they're not above all. They're a part of the body. Real prophets are willing to receive correction. And mo- real prophets are, are humble. They, they walk in humility. They're, motiva- they're motivated by love. They don't motivate people with terror. You know, um, there's definitely a lot of warnings that go in, going out in the body right now. And I don't think that's terror. I think that's, that's a warning. And, uh, you know, learning to rightly relate to that. You know, we used the example in Genesis, I think it's 18, um, where God revealed to Abraham that destruction was coming towards Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sin. God heard their cry. Abraham heard the bad news of what was coming, and he became an intercessor in that environment. You know, when you hear bad news and you hear warnings, that's really a call to intercession. It's a call to pray. A false prophet will use that fear to control you. Fear uh, is, I think we see that more in secular media, using fear to control people. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's the fruit of false prophets. And, you know, reason, I think this is why the Lord had us talk about this today, is because this is, shines light on it, exposes it. When you see fear moving people, when fear mobilizes people, you should stop for a second. Say, oh, I don't know about this. I remember when, when COVID first came, uh, the, the epidemic was came like basically probably said in uh, February March I remember um, around here there's a major rush to all the grocery stores right everything's disappearing off the shelves and my brother was in town and um, we went to like super eight foods or one of these grocery stores close by and we were I remember just walking around and it was just kind of an eerie feeling you know you felt like you're in the apocalypse and like you know Jesus is about to come back and uh, you know this Something's weird is going to happen. It's very, you, know, you remember the feeling, right? Mm-hmm. We're filling up our cart with groceries and getting stuff, and we're about to check out. And right in the checkout lane, there was this thing of hand sanitizer. And uh, nothing wrong with hand sanitizer. I'm not against hand sanitizer. But I remember seeing it, and I was thinking, uh, maybe I should get one. Or... And I just started, what was in the environment was starting to, to get on me. And I felt myself being moved by fear. And I grabbed a couple of like, oh, yeah, there's not much of this to go around. And you know, people are buying it really quick. And so I'm grabbing stuff and putting it in my car. And we're getting closer to check out. And I thought, what is this? I go, no. And I went and grabbed it. And I just took it out just to take it out. Because I knew I was being mobilized by fear. Mm. That oh. is the voice of a false prophet. Yeah. That is the effect of false prophets. And if you ever feel yourself motivated by fear, not, not fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is a good, healthy thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to know that we have to give an account to God in the day of judgment, that's a healthy fear of God. But the fear of terror is not from God. 
Okay. So let's expose that. Don't 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 allow yourself to be motivated by that. Don't allow yourself to be pushed around. Um, true prophets are in covenant relationship with the body of Christ. Most false prophets don't attend a local church. They wander from place to place looking for people to listen to them. Uh, their goal is to gain a following. False prophets are afraid of covenant because they're not interested in what they can contribute to the body. They're only interested in what they can gain. You know what scares off a false prophet or exposes a false prophet? Covenant. Man, they don't like to put the ring on. They don't like to, to say, I'm in. Remember Jesus when he was at the at the Lord's at the at, at his table, the you know, Lord's Supper. Um, uh, they're dishing out the 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 juice and crackers, you know, for the for the Last Supper, right? Who's the guy that gets up and says, "I'm I'm out"? It's Judas, right? It's, I, I gotta go. You know, he doesn't. He's not interested in covenant. When you get into the body and the blood, we're talking covenant that's why it's, it's a healthy thing for us to come together and take communion more often you know um uh, because the enemy is not interested in the blood and they, the enemy does not like the blood i mean if you ever had a good deliverance session i mean you use the blood i mean it's just to get some people free the blood of christ speaks and sets people free but man the, the enemy is not interested in covenant relationships what, when i say covenant relationships it means i'm in it for what i can give I'm not a part of this. Even like here, I'm not a part of this for what I can get. I'm here so what I can give. Amen. You know, um, when I was first starting to go out to uh, come to El Paso, I was originally going to come and I felt like the Lord wanted me to launch a, a missions organization and, uh, and to just get started in El Paso. And the Lord told me uh, in prayer to bring it under Kaleo, which is a, like a network covering, like a, a network of believers. And the um, Lord told me, bring it under that. And it would, I, I don't know why, I just knew that's what the Lord told me. And uh, I needed to be a part of something that was bigger than myself. I needed to be a part of something that I was contributing to. I needed to have covenant relationships so that when the going got tough and things got difficult, I had people that could speak into my life. I had people that could give me accountability. I had people that could pray for me and give me covering and say, Adrian, I'm with you. And I'm for you. I needed that covenant. And likewise, we've done so much stuff for Kaleo over, over the years. Like we've, We're in it for what we can give. We're, not, we're not, not for what we can gain. You know, that's part of what we, that's a heart shift for us, even coming here to say, you know what, I'm not interested in joining a small group. I, just so I can get something like I'm interested in join, becoming a part of something. I'm interested in contributing to something. I'm interested in pouring myself in. Amen. You know, and, and giving of myself so that it's fruitful. False prophets are afraid of covenant. John chapter 15, verse 13 says, No greater love, uh, no one has stronger affection than to lay down or give up his own life for his friends. So I want to encourage you today, um, as we're closing, um, I feel like this is the greatest safeguard against deception. And greatest safeguard against pro, uh, false prophets is covenant relationships. And so I encourage you to take whatever relationships you have, you know, even with, with us here as a group, to take it up to the next level and say, God, I want to have covenant relationships. I want people to, I want to give people permission to speak into my life.
I had a guy I was I was leading for about a year, and uh, and he was doing doing some things in our organization that was getting a little off and was getting getting out of whack, and I was leading him as as his pastor, and I went to him and said, "Hey man, you know this is uh, this the way this is working isn't okay. I need to correct this in your life." And so I just asked him. I said, "Can, can I have permission?" Do I have permission to speak into your life as as a pastor? Do you, do I have that place with you? And he would he would not allow me to do it. And because he did that, the covenant the lack of covenant brought division. The lack of covenant relationship brought separation eventually. And so having covenant relationships it gives people permission to speak in your life. You're saying, I trust someone. I trust someone else's perspective more than my own. And you know what? We, we have that. Me and Kayla try to model that, that we have leaders in our life that we say, you know what? I know this is what I think, but I trust what you say. I trust your perspective because God's put you in my life. I trust you. And covenant relationships will keep you safe. Amen. So wherever you're at, whether it's here or somewhere else, don't just make it passive relationships. Get in covenant with those body believers. Get in covenant. It means that I'm not in it for me. I'm in it for us. You know, when we get, when someone gets married, you know, it's like I, the individual has, I, I was a, when, when someone gets married, you know, a husband and, and a wife, they both had their own individual destinies before they got married. They had their own individual callings. And, but when they get married, those two things become one. Those old things, you lay them down for the sake of this. Yep. That's where a lot of destruction happens in marriages. Is like, oh, I still want my thing and you still want your thing. No, no, no. When you get married, your old things die. It's laying down the old because I choose you. Amen. That's really the beauty of covenant is I lay down my own will, my own vision, because I want to be a part of this vision. And let me tell you, that, that will keep you from the voice of false prophets. That will keep you from yep. the voice of deception. Yeah. If you will lock in with a body of believers, be it this one or another good Bible-believing group of believers, you lock in, man. Get in covenant and keep your heart clean. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, that this was an important message for this time, Lord. It wasn't by accident that those who are here are here today, God. Uh, Father, I pray now, God, that you would... Uh, link our hearts together, Father God, that those who are supposed to be a part of uh, this group, Lord God, Lord, I pray that you would take our relationships out of out of traditional church, Lord God, but that we would have covenant relationships, that we would be in family, that we'd walk in covenant together, God, believing for victory together, believing for 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 your move in our region, Lord God. I, I pray, Father God, that the enemy would not have a voice. Uh, with this group of people, God, that the enemy's voice would be silent, God, that they would, I thank you, Lord, that now when they hear the voice of deception, they recognize it and they shut it down. When they see someone's motivated by fear or hate or anger, they say, nope, that's not for me. And they can turn off that, that voice of deception and that voice of the false prophet. Father, we give you thanks. Lord, we pray for this outreach. Lord, we pray that you touch people. We pray that people are born again, yes. that people are saved, that people are healed in their bodies, that people are set free. God, I thank you, Lord, that hope is being restored yes. back in the McGoffin area. Amen. In Jesus' name. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen, everybody. Amen.